0: Okay, so if you were in charge of the Bank of England, then Fran, uh, what would you do instead? Well, that would be a fun job. <laughs> um... Hello, my name is Kirsty Styles, and welcome to the Weekly Economics Podcast. Where this week I'm joined by Fran Boyd, director of Positive Money, to talk about the Bank of England's latest attempt to stave off a recession. <laughs> There we have it. Right, let's have our next question, please. Is the Bank of England assuming a post-Brexit economic apocalypse? Today's announcement is the latest element of the bank's joined-up policy response to the referendum. Yeah, but frankly, the economic data we've had since the referendum has been pretty poor. The Bank of England continues to stand ready to take whatever action is needed as the UK adjusts to new realities. A lot of people are now fearing Britain could be facing a recession. There's no light at the end of the tunnel, just this continual drag of the savings have been depleted. Before we move on, I am quickly going to come back to you, Jack. Do you think that you'll be able to save? You look youngish to me. I have no chance of ever imaginably affording to buy somewhere in London. I don't think I'll ever be able to save.
1: So hi, Fran. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Kirsty. Thanks for having me back.
0: Uh, the Bank of England made a series of announcements after its Monetary Policy Committee meeting last Thursday, which I'm sure is an absolute hoot. Uh, the big headline was that uh, interest rates have been cut to uh, 0.25%. Uh, so Fran, what exactly does that mean? And why is it such big news? Uh, so it's the first interest
1: rate cut we've seen in seven years. And the interest rate is the base rate the Bank of England sets and that influences the economy in terms of bank lending and borrowing and so the last interest rate cut was in 2009 when rates were cut to 0.5% and before then we'd never seen them below 2% so it's quite big news because the chat over the last couple of years has been about when to raise rates and they've just lowered them and that's because they're trying to prevent the UK from going into recession. The measures they announced should prevent us from going into a recession, it's not definite but they will do that through encouraging more household debt that's mortgage credit card and personal loan debt keeping house prices pumped up and making the rich richer by fueling asset price bubbles so they're not it's not actually great news and although the interest rates kind of dominated the the news last week Uh, The bigger, more radical proposal was quantitative easing, which is £70 billion of money that the Bank of England is going to create out of nothing and use that to flood financial markets. And I think the reason it wasn't really talked about is because people still are uncomfortable talking about Uh, money creation. They don't really know what QE is, even though positive money has been banging on about it for the last six years.
0: So what exactly um, does the Bank of of England uh, think it's trying to do by cutting interest rates?
1: So low interest rates encourage um, more private sector borrowing. And so they're going to try and get the economy going by getting people to take up more debt. The problem is, is that businesses are really... Um, uncertain about the economy, uh, understandably. Don't think that if you were running a business, you'd feel necessarily confident in taking out a loan. So it's unlikely to work because uh, what's expected to happen is that businesses and households are gonna cut their spending. Um, and so they're unlikely to want to take out more debt But the other way that the Bank of England is hoping that it'll work is by lowering the cost of debt people already have. So, for example, variable rate mortgages or tracker mortgages should be lowered by this interest rate cut. I think the bigger issue is with, you know, reductions in mortgage, uh, mortgage cost is that You know, we've already got this economy that's skewed towards property and financial markets. And actually, these policies are uh, likely to exacerbate the problem and not actually fix them. Okay, so um, is this the lowest interest rates have ever been? Could they go lower? So it is the lowest that they've ever been. So 2% is the lowest it had ever been before 2009. In 2009, they cut it to 0.5%. And then last Thursday, they cut it to 0.25%. Mark Carney said that he would consider lowering them to 0.1%. But he made it clear that they aren't going to go negative. I think the issue is that, you know, just continually lowering... Uh, interest rates to kind of encourage borrowing, encouraging the private sector to take out more debt, is what Keynes called pushing on a string. So the problem isn't that interest rates aren't low enough for people to to afford to take out loans. The problem is is there's not enough spending in the economy, there's not enough demand, um, and so you know continually lowering rates isn't going to help. And it's kind of treating the the problem, which is too much debt, as a, as a solution what a dare
0: turner calls a hair of the dog strategy. So what do negative interest rates look
1: like? Well, that's a big question mark. A lot of economists say that they could have weird side effects and unknown consequences. But basically, the idea would be more of the same. So if a bank was actually going to pass on a negative interest to the public, you might take out a loan for £1,000 and you'd only have to repay £990 of it. The issue is, is that Oh, it's getting confusing. But the banks are very unlikely to pass on negative interest rates to the consumer.
0: Okay, And so because it's changed, it's changed the cost of them lending the money, that's why.
1: So it's just lowering, continually lowering the cost of lending to try and encourage banks to lend. And
0: so the term funding scheme is one of the other exciting announcements that's been made. Can you just give us an idea of what exactly that is and means?
1: Yeah, so that's something new. Um... And it's a bit unclear, but basically the Bank England said they're going to give banks up to £100 billion to make sure that they pass on these low interest rates to borrowers. What? And Mark Carney has said that the banks have no excuse. Um, It's still kind of unclear how it works, but the issue that Positive Money is pointing out is that Mark Carney is saying that this will uh, encourage um, borrowing for the real economy. And the problem is that he considers mortgage lending as part of the real economy. But we know that mortgage lending fuels house price bubbles and uh, actually doesn't do anything to help people and businesses. So it's actually
0: not really that good news either. So when we last had you on, Fran, we talked about people's quantitative easing, people's QE for short. Um, The Bank of England has announced more QE uh, as of last week. Have you finally got what you asked for?
1: Unfortunately not. So the QE that was announced last week is more of the same. It's the Bank of England creating £70 billion out of nothing and using that to flood financial markets which will keep stock and bond prices pumped up uh, which will make the rich richer but and do little for ordinary people. And actually the Bank of England itself has released a paper saying that QE increased inequality. So the QE that they did between 2009 to 2012 increased the wealth of the top 5% by about £128,000. Now, I'm not naive enough to say QE previously wasn't needed. It could have been the, the best tool we had in a hurry, and the financial crisis could have been worse without it. But we're not in the same position anymore. Banks don't need more liquidity. There's no danger of kind of freezing up of the interbank lending market, which is where banks lend to each other. Uh, financial markets don't need any more cash. Where we do need more cash and more spending is the real economy. And so that's what QE for People is about and that's what we're advocating for.
0: Okay, so all of these moves are um, a reaction to uh, this predicted uh, economic slowdown after Brexit. Um, Do you think we are heading for a recession? And um, I mean, you've alluded to it already, but do you think the Bank of England um, is dealing with it in the right way?
1: Uh, so the Bank of England is using the same tools it has done over the last seven years. And the, these tools of quantitative easing, the Bank of England creating money and flooding financial markets and low interest rates uh, have ma- managed to get us out of a recession over the last few years. So they could starve off a recession again, but they are using policies that result in more household debt and high house high house prices and the rich richer through increasing asset price bubbles. So it's not a sustainable solution. And actually, the Bank of England itself has said that high household debt is the biggest risk to the UK economy. So it's kind of kicking the can down the road, like it might work in the short term, but in the long term, it's laying, you know, shaky foundations for the stability of the UK economy.
0: Okay, so if you were in charge of the Bank of England, then Fran, uh, what would you do instead? Fran's QE? Well, that would be a fun job. Um, I
1: so I definitely wouldn't have done the announcement of the the big quantitative easing package. Uh, however, it's not really just the Bank of England's role to change the direction of these policies. It's it really lies with the the Treasury, and that's why last Thursday we coordinated a letter to Philip Hammond, the Chancellor. Saying that we don't want more QE and we want an alternative, uh, the proposal we outlined was a fiscal stimulus funded by money created by the Bank of England. So doing... doing QE differently basically and the two main proposals that the economists that signed the letter are are getting behind are one is to use the money created by the Bank of England to fund uh, infrastructure spending so the treasury would spend it on say house building program or green infrastructure to boost jobs and employment and spending and the second proposal economists are getting around is some kind of citizen's dividend so a cash transfer to households boosting incomes in order to boost spending and that's being called the catchy term of helicopter money. Helicopter money? Uh, Yeah so the idea is that people get given a cash transfer so either a tax rebate or a tax cut but this is funded by money created by the Bank of England I think the key issue is that over the last couple of decades, like mainstream economics has seen monetary policies being completely separate from fiscal policy. But if we really want an economy that works for, for most people and that's, that stops having an economy that's skewed towards property and financial markets and is more balanced and fair, then we really do need the Treasury to work with the Bank of England um, because the policies are in, inherently interlinked um, in order to create a, a better economy.
0: Okay, so it sounds a little bit like your uh, solution to all of this is the the magic money tree that um, the new Chancellor Philip Hammond said he definitely didn't believe in uh, when he um, was appointed to his new role. Um, What what would you say to that? How is the kind of uh, debt that you're creating different to the one that they're um, uh, flooding the markets with?
1: So I think that uh, money creation is still a bit of a taboo topic and the word magic money tree doesn't necessarily help my job in talking about money creation but not my line yeah (laughs) but what we uh but money is created out of nothing all the time and that happens in two main ways so every day money is created by banks making loans so when you or i go in to take out a loan money is created out of nothing then and so at the same time it is a debt and the other way is through the bank of england so uh, the QE programme announced last week is the mon- is the Bank of England creating a huge amount of money out of nothing. So there is a kind of ma- these magic money trees, they're commercial high street banks, Barclays, RBS, etc., and the Bank of England. The big problem is, is that they are directing all of this money out of nothing into property and financial markets, and it's not benefiting the real economy where people and businesses are. And so our proposal is that we need to get this new money into the real economy. And the easiest way to do that is through government spending, through some kind of fiscal stimulus that more and more economists are talking about that is needed. Um, And so it is quite different. It's very different from the the status quo, which is more QE, more bank lending and more debt.
0: And do you think that just sounds unpalatable as a kind of, you know, you know, big infrastructure spending just sounds unpalatable?
1: I guess it's impalatable because it's a new idea and it hasn't been done. And so whilst it's economically sound and more and more economists are saying it's a good idea because it hasn't been done, then people like Mark Carney and the Chancellor Philip Hammond are afraid of uh, the discussion around it. And so it, does, it will take time for this idea to um, become mainstream. But that doesn't mean it shouldn't be discussed and it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be used it's about having I guess the courage to do something different oh,
0: on that d- courageous note Fran uh, thank you very much for, for uh, joining us today to talk about interesting grapes Ooh. I think we could call them <laughs> thank you very much thank you we'll be back at the same time next week the weekly economics podcast is brought to you by the new economics foundation an independent think tank and charity that campaigns for a fairer, sustainable economy. Find out more and get involved at neweconomics.org.